0: Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner.
1: Well, good morning, everybody. I just got my mic turned on first try. Look at that. Normally, I struggle with that thing. How's everybody doing today? Good. Everybody going to have a good Valentine's Day today? So you hope. <laughs> okay, well welcome everybody. So I'm excited about today. First service was powerful. It was amazing. Um, just God's been doing some amazing things and I'd like to thank Pastor Travis and Tina for giving me the space to do this. I, you know a long time ago you saw a calling within me and And asked me to do it, and I didn't want to do it, and now here I am, so. (laughs) But I'm so thankful for it. Um, So today I want to start out uh, our our Sunday this morning by letting you know that we're going to be talking about a subject that uh, tends to bring some conflict with it a little bit. You bring this four-letter word up to people. Uh, and it tends to maybe rise some, you know, bitterness might come up, a little bit of hatred towards other people, which is ironic on this, but we're talking about love today. Not just because it's Valentine's Day, that was very convenient, but because love, as a Christian, it should be a daily thought for us. It should be something that we do because we're called to do it. But when I say that you are called to love somebody, what do you think? You think, oh, I'll love them if they like me. right it depends on your background but I want to do something a little different here I want you guys to take a peek at all those around you I want I just look around look at people's eyes look at their hair look at the way they're dressed see who's around you maybe you know them, maybe you don't know them. if you don't know them after church go greet yourself and you'll know them after that but seriously I know that we were raised and taught that you know staring is rude but really it's not rude today Because I want you to, (laughs) I ain't rude right now because I'm telling you to do it. I want you to to notice the people around you because I'm going to tell you a few things about the people in this room. The first is that they're all real people. Everybody here is real. There's not holograms. I didn't put up little silhouettes of people or some dummies. Everybody you looked at is a real person. And along with that is second, that along with them being real, they've brought along a certain type of brokenness. A unique type of brokenness because they're a sinner. You're a sinner. The person you look at in the mirror is a sinner. And so each and every one of us have come here today with some sort of baggage or some sort of with a background that might not be the best because we're real people. Thirdly, you're called to love the people you just looked at. If you liked them or not, you're called to love people. You're called to love them. Love is something that we're called by God to do. We are called by God to love people. Today's Valentine's Day which means that uh, most people around the world have confined love to a certain day where we say, listen, I'm going to buy my significant other something, or I'm going to buy somebody candy, most of the time in hopes of getting something in return. And so today is all about love. But the Christian life, when it comes to love, is, love is not confined to a single day. It's not confined to February 14th. It is an everyday occurrence. It's something we do each and every day because we're called to do it. We have to do it. And so this morning, we're not walking or entering into optional territory this morning. What I'm going to talk about now, the reason why it brings up such resentment from people and strife is because a lot of us hope and wish and want it to be optional. And we act in this life while we're proclaiming the name of Jesus. We act as though love is optional. And so I don't want you guys to think that I'm going to condemn anybody or I'm bringing any sort of correction. What I'm doing is I'm speaking to myself because this is something I struggle with. I found myself, listen, God, thank you. I come to church and and worship on Sunday, but then on Monday, I'm back, back to my life choosing the people I get to love based on the way I feel, based on where I'm at in life, based on what they've said to me, based on what they've said to others, what they look like and what they've done. And I've come to the conclusion that it's not optional. The Bible is very clear on that. Loving people is a command from God, so we're not walking into something we get to pick and choose today. We love others because of God's love and because he has made us his children. And so the more that we're aware of God's love for us, the more that we realize that we don't deserve it. Because here's the thing, you and I don't deserve God's love. There's nothing that we can ever do to deserve God's love. God is a holy God, we're a sinful people. But still in that, he loves us. And so just as we don't deserve God's love, other people don't deserve our love. But listen, you love them anyways because God loves you and you didn't deserve it. Our our love for others is derived from God's love and the people that he makes us to be. He makes us to be his children. When we're united with God through Christ, in Christ, we are now children of God. And because of that, we are now children of love. It's a command. He commands us to love people. And this command is the most basic, the most straightforward command in the entire Bible. And a lot of people might say, well, have you read the Old Testament? I have. Yeah, and there's, you know, people will say, God is just an angry God who's getting ready to strike you down with, with lightning bolts. Don't say that. I'm going to stand away. You might get struck by lightning. People think the world thinks of God as a hateful God because they don't understand the loving nature of God. And all that, th- all that God does, if God is love, everything he does is out of love. His correction is in love. His forgiveness is in love. His joy is in love. His mercy is out of love. His grace is in love. Everything God does is in love. His anger is in love. God is love. this command is straightforward. We can see it from Genesis to Revelations. We're called to love people. And so if you have your Bibles today, we're going to go through a lot of Scripture this morning. And I make no apologies on that. Um, You know, I was feeling bad writing this up. I, I think there's like 17 or 18. I could be wrong verses we're going to go through and I thought oh man I got to cut some of these out and I thought no I'm not going to cut nothing out we'll, we'll, we'll let the Bible preach for itself so turn to Matthew 22 uh, verse 37 and I hope you brought your notes with you to take some notes and I hope you did bring your Bibles so you can follow along and I like to be held accountable because preaching the word of God is a giant responsibility if I get something wrong I want y'all to let me know uh, so keep me accountable in this pay attention so Matthew 22 37 Jesus is asked you know, Jesus, what, what if you would say, what is the greatest commandment in the whole word of God? What's the greatest commandment of the law of Moses? And Jesus replies in verse 37. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And so Jesus is saying, listen, all of the law of Moses, that even the, you can go as far, you know, the Ten Commandments, everything that you were commanded to do, by Moses and through the law. All of that hangs on these, two ver- on these two commands, that you love God with all that you have within you and that you love your neighbor as yourself. God's will for humanity is that we love God and love people too. Is to love God and love people too. Jesus teaches this in the Gospels and Paul taught the same thing in the book of Romans. In Romans 13 verse 8, he says, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law, and the, command, uh, the commandments do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and whatever other commandment there may be are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor. neighbor therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And so what he's saying is, listen, when it comes to the relational commands, when it comes to the, to the, the laws that, that relate to you Uh, being a good person and how you treat your neighbor, all of it can be summarized as in love one another and love your neighbor as yourself, all while loving God. Everything is based in love. And actually when Paul and Jesus said this, they are quoting Moses clear back in Leviticus uh, chapter 19 verse 18. This command of love should be clear throughout the entire Bible because it's been there from the very beginning to love people. God calls us to love one another. 1 John four nineteen and 21 says that we love because he first loved us. I'm going to read that verse again. We love because he first loved us. And if anyone says, I love God, yet he hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, that whoever loves God must love his brother. Not if any, whoever loves God can love their brother if, if that brother looks the same as they do. Anyone who loves God is allowed to love their brother if they talk the same way. If they make the same income. If they go to the same church, believe the same thing. No. Anybody, whoever loves God, must also love his brother. You have to love people. You have to love people. John says we love people because God first loved us. So this is John's theme when it comes to loving other people. Our, our love for others is because of God's love. It's not along with it. It is because of God's love for you and I. We love others because God loved you. He loved me. And so our love is, for others is because of God's love, and that means that we have to understand what that word because means. What's the nature of that word because? Because... We love others because God loved us. loves us. What does that mean? There's a connection between God's love and ours, and we need to know more about that connection because we need help when it comes to loving other people. Because tomorrow, today's great. We've lifted our hands up in worship, and it's a good day to, to praise the Lord and to, and to rest and to, and to worship Him and all that we do. But guess what? Come Monday morning at 9 o'clock, you're going to go back and see your coworker again. It's true. You're going to go back and you're going to be interacting with other people. You're going to go to Walmart. You're going to be driving down the road. And guess what? You have to love everybody you come into contact with. And so we need help loving people because our lives are full of people that the world would would put a, a label on them as unlovable people. There's one word, love, but there's a lot of different meanings. There's God's love and there's the world's love, and, and there's a big difference because the world's love tells you you love the people that are lovable, right? You don't love the guy that, that just cuts you off in traffic. He deserves you yelling at him. You don't love the guy that, that just robbed you out of $500 in a bad business deal or $1,000 because he's a crook. No, you love him. And so this world is full of people that are difficult to love, but we have to figure out how to do that because we're called to love people. There's no option. There's two truths about God's love for us and our love for other people. It's that when God calls us to love other people, he gives us a power to love others, and he gives us a pattern, an example how to love others. And the first one we're going to look at is God's love for us gives us the power to love other people. Now, this power that comes from God is a power that's at the heart level. It comes inside of us, and it changes us from the inside out because you and I were born as people who are not loving. We're born of of people of hate, naturally have an inclination to to dislike somebody because of of what they've done to us in the past. It just seems to be a, a human instinct. But when we're born again, God gives us a power. It gives us the power to love others. Now, his power is indispensable when it comes to loving because we can't truly love others the way that God wants us to love if we don't have it. And this in the Old Testament was Israel's problem. In the Old Testament, Israel had a, a, a list of laws, a, a book of laws that they were to follow. It was a, 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 just a, a how to do this and that and how to be right with God and how to f- uh, sacrifice and how to do just a, a list of things, a how-to book. It was almost as if God gave them like a paint-by-numbers guide to life. You take this color and you put it on this number. You take this color and put it on that number. And so they had lists on how to do things and rules on how to do everything. You look at Deuteronomy chapter 22, uh, it, a lot of translations in front of uh, different types of Scripture or, or different subjects of Scripture, your Bible will have like, uh, uh, just a, a title in bold. And most translations have Deuteronomy 22 under various laws because there's not a real category that you can put these under. But really what you could do is is put them under uh, how not to be a jerk. (laughs) How not to be rude to somebody. How to care about somebody other than yourself. For example, uh, Deuteronomy 22.1 paraphrase. basically says, listen, if you are outside one day and you look over at your neighbor's house and you see an ox, his ox walking away from his property, you need to do something about that. Don't ignore it. That's the law. Verse 8 says that if you're building a house and you've got people that are helping you and you're up on top of your roof... Put a barrier, put a balcony around your roof so they don't fall off and die. That's law. Laws on how to interact with people and how to how to care for people beyond yourself. And this is all good and great because there are things that we should do. We should care about other people. But their problem is, is that they had the how to, they had the list, they didn't have the heart. There was no heart. What would you do with your significant other if you just had a list of things to say to her, right? You know you got to tell her you love her or him. You know you gotta got to tell, tell him or her, great job, clean the house. You're such a wonderful spouse. I love you. What happens if you have this list and, and every day before you go to bed you say, I've got to tell her I love her. I love you, dear. You're the greatest. You are amazing. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. You are beautiful. Good night. I love you. We'll see you tomorrow. Good night. Thank you for all you. It's just a checklist. There's no heart behind it. It's the same thing with loving people. You can go out and try to do this whole thing by yourself without God and start loving people. Pretty soon, what happens? Bitterness starts coming up because you're tired of it. You're just going through the motions. Same thing with your spouse. I love you. Oh, go to bed. I love you too. Where are you at? I've got to tell you. I've got to give you a hug. It's horrible. There's no heart behind it. Now, a few chapters later, Moses goes on to tell them, uh, Talk about a promise of God in Deuteronomy thirty-six. Moses says, "The Lord your God will circumcise your hearts, and the hearts of your descendants, that you may love Him with all your heart and with all your soul and live." So there's a promise coming, the power to love other people. But right now, all there is is just a list of things to do with no heart. Now this promise was the new covenant, the new testament that we're living in today. It was Jesus coming down, so that we can have a and dying on a cross and sacrificing Himself, so that we could have a right relationship with God. That's the power now. We have a new heart, we have a new power, and we cannot truly love other people without that power. Because loving people, the way God calls us to do, is not simply just, as I said, checking a box, but it's it's not really a Christian to-do list, and there's no shortcut. Because before we can extend our love to other people, we have to realize the love of God for us so that it can overflow outside of us, and that love flows from us from the knowledge of God's love for you and I. As individuals, and so we can try to skip straight to loving other people, and that might—you know—we might be able to just do that occasionally. You might be able to say, "Listen, I'm going to go out and I'm going to love people," and you forget about the love of God. You're not realizing, and you're not walking with God in this, and you can do that, but it's not going to be a—you know—a sustaining, abiding uh, uh, love. It's not going to be real love because there's going to be an end to it. The world's type of love says, "You go out." You know, you go volunteer time here, you go volunteer time there. You can love other people, but if there's no heart behind that, it does, it, there's no point. Because eventually that love's going to run out. Oh, this is late. I, you know, later on in my notes, I'm going to talk about it now. So going back to the checklist. If you're doing stuff without your heart and that bitterness begin, begins to dwell up inside of you, pretty soon you're, 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 you're not right with God and you're not loving the way that God wants you to love. I've got it. Uh, it says uh, we're going to skip that. I'm sorry. So the good thing about God's love um, is that it's never ending. There's no end to it, and so you can never find the end. And right now we're sitting in the ocean of God's love, and we're just touching the shoreline. Each and every day, for our love for God will begin to grow. It becomes sweeter and deeper and wider and, and stronger. And that love begins to flow inside of us. And as that love is flooding inside of us, we become humbled. And and filled with joy that that God loved me when I didn't deserve it. And eventually, that love's going to have no other choice but to pour out of you into other people because other people don't deserve your love, but you're going to love them anyways because you didn't deserve it. Right. That's the problem with a lot of us is we think, man, I, <laughs> they can go die in a car wreck, I don't care. I, but praise God, praise God to you, uh, you go to hell. Like you have to understand. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> it's true, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it flows out of us because we, that's true, because a lot of us think we can choose who we love right. because we think they don't deserve it. Because they haven't proven themselves or they've hurt us in the past or, or, or they've said so and something to so and so. Listen, people don't deserve your love. You're going to encounter people who, who in your mind the world will tell you is unlovable and you shouldn't have anything to do with them because of the way you treat you. They, tre- they tr- treated you. God says you love them because you were unlovable. You are unlovable. God has no reason to love you. Zero Zero. No matter how hard we think we can work for it or how good of a person we are, I don't have any reason, God doesn't have any reason to love me or show me the mercy and the grace that he's shown me in my life, but he did it anyways and because of that I think that I can overlook somebody else's problem and I can start loving people. Racism. I talked about this first service. Racism does not make sense. Pastor Travis and I had a conversation in the back. What is, why is there a reason that when people think of the church, the Christian church, the first thing they go to are old, white, racist people? That should not be an image of the church. Right. There should not be Hispanic churches. There should not be simply black churches. There should not be just be white churches. It's the church. It is the body of God. There's zero reason. Zero. And why aren't we standing up? Why aren't we doing something about that? Well, I I copied and pasted a deal on Facebook. I had seven likes. Doing something. No, you have, we have got to start standing out as a church and instead of sitting on our hands and allowing everything else going on and people telling us what to do, we've got the power of Christ. I say we go out and we start sharing that love of God and sharing what God can do because this world is saying, you know, it's a world that where they tell people, you got to love folks. You just got to love people. All you need is love. When in reality, they're loving people while harming the other people. Why don't, why can't we love everybody? Just, it's crazy. I don't get it. The beautiful thing about God's love is it's incomprehensible. You do not understand the lengths of God's love, the deepness, the vastness of His love. God is love and He loves you. It's an endless ocean and we're just touching the shore. Jesus said in John 7, verse 37, He says that if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. Verse 39, by this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Romans 5.5, 5, paraphrase, says Paul tells us that, God, uh, loved, that God's love has been poured inside of us by the Holy Spirit. And so that power within us is the power of the Holy Spirit that comes in and it reveals God's love for us and our undeservingness, if that's a word, of God's love, so that it can begin to overflow and we can begin to have mercy and grace on people that we're called to love. And I understand that a lot of us have different backgrounds. A lot of us have had our struggles, divorce, uh, we've had financial ruin, we've had people that have had slanted our name across the, the, the country. You've had people that you've had illness, you've had, had people let you down. All of us bring some sort of brokenness that can hinder our walk with God and hinder us loving people because we think in our heart for probably, you know, out of your flesh, it's the right reason to think this, but it's not correct when we're look, viewing it in, the, in our calling by God to, to love others. But we bring some sort of a bitterness. And so when I tell you that you've got to love other people, I guarantee a lot of y'all are thinking, you don't know what I've been through. How dare you? You don't know me. You don't know what I'm going through. Listen, I'm, I know enough about you to know that you've got a God that love you, loves you and you didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. So I'm going to take that love, and I'm going to overlook people's stuff in the view of God's grace and mercy and say, man, I love you. I think if we all did that, this world would be a little different place. So God's love gives us the power to love other people. The second thing is that God's love gives us the pattern to love people. So we've got the power, and now we've got the pattern. In 1 John 3.16, it says that this is how we know what love is. That Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for other people or for lives for our brothers. And so John gives us a pattern on how to love. And that pattern is that we love like Jesus loved. That's our pattern. We have the power of the Holy Spirit coming in, revealing God's love for us. Now we have a pattern on what that love actually looks like and that's Jesus. Jesus taught this in John 14, 34. He says that a new command I give you Love one, one another as I have loved you, so that you must love one another. By this, all men all know that you are my disciples if you, one, if you love one another. So basically, he's saying, listen, people know that you are my disciple, that, that you're saved, that you're, that you're mine, because you're going to love other people. It's an expectation to love others. In the Old Testament, love was shown and taught through the, New, or the Old Testament laws. And now for us in our modern day, in the New Testament, love... And how to do it is no longer a list of laws, but rather it's the life of Jesus. Jesus' life embodied love. He's our example. And so for following Jesus, we must love as he loves. We have to love what, like he loves, and for, which means that first, our love for others might bring some resentment. And you think, man, that's kind of ironic. How could loving somebody else bring resentment or hate about? It's because... What it says, let's see, John 3, three thirteen. yeah, it says, don't be surprised, my brothers, that the world hates you, but it'll bring resentment because love patterned after Jesus, love patterned after Jesus is always based in truth. And people don't like when you tell the truth every once in a while. When you start showing people what they're really like and what, what everything's about, then people don't really care for that much, and that's what Jesus did. People hated him back then, and they hate him today for that very reason, because everything that he does is based in truth. Jesus' love is not a floppy love. It's not uh, an inconsistent love. It's not a love without conviction. It's a love based in truth. And everything that Jesus did and currently does now is based out of love, and people hate him regardless. And so if we're loving like Jesus loved and he received some hate, you can guarantee that we're going to be, you know, be getting some resentment right. from people. How dare you love that person? You know, Jesus got some flack for for dining with the prostitutes and and the tax collectors. And so if we're out sharing our love, people are like, man, you know what that guy did last week? And you're hanging around with him? I thought you were a Christian. It'll bring resentment. Loving in the pattern of Jesus means, secondly, that our love for others will actually make a difference. It's actually going to make a difference. 1 John 3.18 says, Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with action and in truth. And so what that means is that loving people the way God loves means more than just saying it. It's an action. God's love is an action. It's not just a word. It's not a theory. It's not a hypothetical thought. It's not an abstract idea. It is an action to love people the way God calls you to love. It is more than saying, well, brother, I'll pray for you, and then going home and forgetting all about it. It is, it is telling somebody you love them and that you pray for them, and you go on your knees, and you're praying for them. Love is an action when it comes to God's love. The world's love tells you to to love in your attitude and maybe send a card this or that. God's love says roll up your sleeves and go do something. Go do something. The world's love is a completely different idea than God's love. I'm just thinking now when it comes to even like maybe parenting. Sometimes the world says God's love is for the man to be a strong man and to teach the, the son what to do, what's right or wrong, by hand or fist. Maybe God's love is, is you meeting your kid at your level and understanding, hey, listen, man, I'm going to meet you down here and come to his level instead of being the rough, rugged person that the world says you're supposed to be. Loving people, God's standard is completely different than loving people the way the world says. And that's something we have to understand because, because we've got two conflicting things. We've got God telling us love and we've got the world telling us to love and they're two different ideas. Right. Yeah. Completely different ideas. The world's... Uh, the world's idea of love, you can categorize it. it it's just—it's a 180 from God's love because God's love, while the world's love is conditional and it puts people in categories of who you can love and who you can't love, God's love tells you to love everybody unconditionally no matter what. No strings attached. The love of God rolls up its sleeves and it actually goes out and it makes a difference. Paul says in First Corinthians 16, 14, it says he says, Do everything you do in love. Do everything except for, you know, get on the internet in love. Do everything except for go to work in love. Do everything except for discipline your kids in love. Do everything except for love your spouse in love. No. Do everything you do in love. You talk on the phone in love. You walk down the street in love. You drive your car in love. You get online and everything you do is done in love. No option. And so my prayer today is that our church will be a, a church whose people are doing and whose doing will be loving and loving will always be doing. I just don't want us to be a church who comes every, every Sunday. I, I, God forgive us if we ever become a church where we just say, oh, I've got to go to church so I'm going to put on my nice spiffy whites and, and I'm going to show up and sit down for an hour and, and it better not be an hour and five minutes because i got a lunch date. And, and, and then you go out and you forget everything you learned. Everything you're called to do. We should be a church whose who's doing is always loving and whose love is always doing something. Amen. Always doing something. If we love like Jesus loves, that means that we're going to go out and we're going to make a difference because we're actually going to be doing something instead of just saying it with our mouth. I think when we, when we pass from this earth and we're standing in front of God and he asks us, what would you do with your time? Oh man, I, I said God bless you. A lot. I held doors open. You know, I stood on that corner and I held a sign that said, Love's all you need. Okay, that's good. But what did you actually do? What did you do to, to share my love with other people? Some of you all have been called to do a mission trip and you keep saying no because you just simply don't want to do it. You're called to go out and share that love and actually be doing something. Get your fingernails dirty. brings us on to the, se- or the third part of this it's that, that our love for others is sacrificial in nature this goes way back this goes back to 1 John 3:16 where it says this is how we know what love is that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us it's sacrificial it's doing something it's costing something when Jesus laid down his life for you and I that was love that was an act of love it cost him his life and that's how we recognize what love is what godly love is is that it's sacrificial it's going to cost you something to care it's going to cost you something to care. And I want my 2021 to be a year that I, I grow uh, in my sacrificial loving, that, I, that I'm not just going to be a person who decides to love people because it's convenient for me. I don't want to be the person who only gives when I have a certain amount of money in my bank account or only loves people because they've treated me nice the last week. I don't want to be a person who, who, who only talks to somebody because of their skin color, their accent, where they're from, what their house looks like, what their car looks like. My 2021 is going to be a love thats that doesn't have any, any sort of filter on it except for the filter of God's love, which is not unconditional. It's going to be a love where I'm not going to be worried to lose something, to, to have something cost me to care. Loving people isn't dependent upon my feelings or my position in life. It means loving people even if it costs me something. And so this might mean something as big as giving up the largest piece of cake. Right? Sounds good. Or the largest piece of pizza. And it might even mean something as extreme as taking a bullet for somebody else. Literally. But if you're always the type of person who always has to have the biggest piece of cake or you always have to have to have the nicest thing out of the, out of the group of straws or whatever and you're never the one to change the diapers or, the, or to do the dishes or, or to serve in church, you'll never be the person to take a bullet. You'll never take that bullet because you're, you're afraid of caring to the point that it costs you something because you want to be comfortable. Loving people means caring for others even if it costs you something. I want to start closing with this. The hardest part about sacrificial love is that we live in a world of comfort. We live in a world of the American dream. And thank God for the American dream. Thank God for the country we live in because we live in a con- one of the few countries in this world where a person actually has a better opportunity than most to make it up the ladder. Thank God for the American dream. It's nice to be comfortable, but that dream tells us that we're to have a decent house to be comfortable in. Financially, we're to be comfortable. We're to be comfortable in our, our friends, and our relationships, and in our marriage. It's a world of comfort. And so the hardest part about living a sacrificial life is that world of comfort. And it's okay to be comfortable, but it's not okay to not be willing to give love when it costs you something. We have to be willing to love even when it, when it costs you a little bit, when it hurts. That's what Jesus did. And to choose sacrifice means that we're going to choose discomfort. We're going to choose discomfort and say, listen, I'm comfortable right now, but I'm not afraid to go out and get my hands dirty, Lord, even if it costs me everything I have. But if I can reach one person in this world... So be it. So love might cost you something. And we live in a world that, that says the good life is easy, that you're only supposed to love people to the extent that you're, you know, that you're comfortable. Only love people when you first take care of yourself. So we live in a world that, that tells us love has an end, that love has its, its conditions. And so if we're to view how to love people, we can't be looking at the world as our example. We have to be looking at Jesus. He's the one that we look towards. We have to follow Jesus because the only way that we can love like Jesus is to keep our eyes on Him, to be focused on Him, because we love because God first loved us. And so you might be here this morning. Maybe you don't even have any idea how you're at Grace Church. If this is your first time, you don't even know how you ended up in a church. But, or maybe you've been going to church for 20 years, but you've been struggling with, with things in your past, the things that people have said, and, and you're hearing this crazy hippie guy talk about love, and, and that's all you got to do is just love people. Listen, I'm telling you something. It's okay to be imperfect. But maybe you're here because you're broken. You don't know what love actually is because you had a, had a, a mother or a father that didn't actually show you the, what love meant they were just a hard rule, you know, get to your room, be quiet, no dinner type of a thing or else you had somebody that you gave all that you, gave, you had to this person in love and you, and you spent years and they left you and now you're broken or else you, 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 you went and you had a bad business. So listen, I don't care what your background is because we're all imperfect. But today, you have to realize and I, my prayer is that God would reveal himself because there's a God that loves you. You, are, you <laughs> Your definition as a person, who you are, is not dictated by who the world says you are. It's not dictated by your past. It's not dictated by what you're going through. Your image is not a reflection of your past, but a reflection of who God calls you, and he calls you his child. The problem is, is that we walk through life broken, and we say, man, I, oh, I've had a hard life, and you're bitter, and you're tired, and you're angry, and God's done all that he possibly can to reach you right now but we refuse to reach out. And then we blame God for our discomfort, and we blame God for our problems. When he's saying, listen, I've literally given all that, he's given you all that he can. He gave his one and only son. I've got a son. I wouldn't give him up for any of you. Nobody in this room I'd give my son up, but God did. It's just your chance right now. To say, God, you know, I'm, I'm imperfect. I'm tired of being sick and tired. I'm tired of the, de- of the depression. I'm tired of the addiction. I'm tired of going out in public and being worried about what people think of me because, because of what I've done or what people have said about me. You know what I do? I've made my mistakes in my past. I've said things I shouldn't have said. I've done things I, I regret very badly. You know, I've, I'm a messed up person. But anytime somebody comes up against me and says, listen, I heard you blew up on this person. I heard you, you know, done this or that. Both Stevens. You know what I say? Listen, that's true. That happened. That happened. But that's no longer who I am. You can talk about me all you want, because you ain't really talking about me anymore. Quit letting your past dictate your future, because your future can be a future of love, deep, abounding real genuine love from the father who loves you and in return you can go out and make a difference in this world because this world everybody knows this world needs a little bit of love isn't there a song like that all you need is love all we need is God's love it's as simple as saying listen I've come here broken I'm tired of my mess this crazy guy's talking about a Jesus about got a God who loves me it's as simple as saying God I love you I'm a sinner. I'm in need of a Savior. Forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior because I believe that you died on that cross and you were raised on the third day for my sin. Well, it can't be that easy, Bo. Well, easy for us. It wasn't easy for him. It's a real sacrifice, real blood shed on a cross, real nails pounded through real wrist for you. Not for Joe, not, because, not for your neighbor. You're not just getting the, 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 the rebound gift of somebody else's blessing. You were the reason for the cross. You are the reason. Because God loves you. It's just your time to accept it. Because from now on, now that God is he's revealing himself to you, your choice of living in, in your junk, people might say things about you. You might give your life to Christ, and guess what? People are still going to talk about you. People are still going to accuse you. You're still going to go through troubles. But I would rather walk through a thousand fires and troubles and situations with Jesus leading my hand than I would sit on the throne with no problems all by myself. So you're still going to have troubles. Jesus himself said that. But he'll take you through. He'll walk you through the fire. He'll be with you. Just reach out to him. him, Because there's a God that loves you. Most importantly, we need to love people because love is where it started for you and I. It is. It's where it started for you and I on the cross, and it's where it can begin for others. And it's your job and your calling to show that love to other people. We can't pick and choose. No option. It's tough. And my prayer is that God would, would fill us with that power and fill us with grace and mercy so that we can now view people, rather not through our own lenses, but through the lens of God. Person might mess up, but God loves them, and I do too. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today, God. I thank you for your grace and your mercy, Lord, and for the love that you've shown me, even when I didn't deserve it, God. I pray, Lord, that you would open up our eyes, God, so that we can be people who love not as the way, not the way that the world loves, where we love and and hopes that we get something in return, God, but love that is that is unconditional love that 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 shows your glory god and glorifies you in your name lord so that we can reach this world for you god help us to be a people whose loving is always getting their hands dirty god and is an, and is an action rather than just a thought god open up our eyes to those around us lord i pray for the conversations that need to be had lord the things that need to be made right so we can continue on in love lord And I thank you for the strength that you're going to give us, God. And I thank you for today, Lord, and everything that you've done for us, God. We give you all honor, praise, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.